What's up, everybody? Welcome to the PCP podcast. I am brimming, overflowing. The boil is up to a 10. I am excited to get into what we got today. Let's get it going. Taco Gate. Taco Gate is here. Uh, I'm surprised. I haven't really seen too many people calling it Taco Gate, but I find it funny, so that's what we're calling it. Um, Jill Biden, Jill, not Joe, Jill, the first lady, is getting absolutely shredded for what I find to be hilarious comments that she made regarding the Latino community while she was speaking for an organization called Unidos US. Uh, I think it was in Texas. Why was she speaking there? I don't know, the typical political thing of divide everybody up into different identities and races and groups rather than bring things together, you know, normal, normal political things. But here's what she said, if you haven't heard about it. And this is, this is hilarious, hilarious pandering at its finest. She, she goes on to say, The diversity of this community, as distinct as the bodegas of the Bronx, as beautiful as the blossoms of Miami, and as unique as the breakfast tacos here in San Antonio, is your strength. She said that. She likened Latinos to tacos. And not just any tacos, breakfast tacos. Which sound amazing. So, and of course... This happens. People are just in an uproar. Uh, I'm not sure if the left has come out and said anything, but the right is making sure they take advantage of it. And I'm actually against it. And I'm, I'm going to give you my take here uh, a little bit later in the show. And surprisingly, I'm going to defend Joe Biden. But it's so funny. It's so funny that somebody tried so hard to appeal to a certain group that they just wrote themselves into knots and into pretzels, into churros maybe, and just, <laughs> they just came out with this. Somebody said, yeah, let's let's have Jill say that. And not to mention that, if you hear the audio, there's another gaffe where instead of pronouncing bodegas as they're supposed to be pronounced, she says something like bodegas, and I had to listen to it like two or three times, and then you realize, oh, she's saying bodegas because the Bronx and the bodega. And I'm just like, man, how how disconnected is this? But the point of all of this, the point of Taco Gate, and the reason why I just I had to talk about it, was not because of how stupid and pandering it was. We're, I mean, at this point, we're used to this. We're used to mainly the Democrats running around, dividing everybody up into as small of groups as possible, telling them they're oppressed, and then saying, we're Superman, and we're going to come save you. I'm not actually mad about that. Maybe I'm just numb to it. What I'm more upset about is the right's inability to just stay where they are and take the high ground on this, But instead, they're caving to the left's level and trying to make as much outrage and calling this deeply racist and blah, blah, blah. Like, I think what the right should be doing instead of trying to call her a racist, I don't think that she is. But instead of trying to call her a racist or say it's racist, 
They should simply be saying, so where is the left? The left needs to be screaming about this because they've spent years now screaming about petty comments that some of them are in comedy specials. Some of them are supposed to be funny. Some of them are just silly metaphors. Maybe they're stereotypes. And the left loves to get their panties in a bunch and just scream hate, hate speech and all the, all the oppression, all this stuff. So where are they at here? I think that's what the right's position should be. But instead, we're seeing the right actually do what the left does and say, this is incredibly racist. Here's my hot take. I don't think it's racist. I think it's kind of dumb. I think, I think the writers tried way too hard to appeal to a certain kind of individual. And uh, that desperation <laughs> resulted in... In breakfast tacos. Uh, I think it's hilarious. I think it was a bad political move, one of many from this administration. Do I think it's deeply racist? Or do I think it it implies that the Bidens are, are racist on the inside? No. No, I don't think so. Um, and I'm kind of using this hilarious happening to to just issue a greater start a greater commentary on on what we call racism and things today but let me go on to read this little uh excerpts this is an article from the guardian uh came out on wednesday the 13th um, it just starts, Joe Biden has apologized for remarks in the speech of the civil rights and advocacy organization Unidos US in which she likened the diversity of Latino Americans to breakfast tacos. And they go on to talk, they quote her directly, uh, which is hilarious. It's almost very, very hard. And now just to unpack this even further, we are at a place where somebody makes a stupid statement and other entities have to come out and say, I quote, we are not tacos. <laughs> Our heritage as Latinos is shaped by various diasporas, cultures, and food traditions. Do not reduce us to stereotypes. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I, I don't want to offend anybody. I grew up with friends of all kinds, and I think every culture, race, group has things to offer. I really, really do. I think everybody deserves equal opportunity because there's value in everybody. But this is just, this is just hilarious. And so I'm not trying to offend anybody by laughing, but we are at a point where there is serious political commentary going on that involves saying, we are not tacos. Just take a moment. I mean, what is going on? I just, all I can do is laugh at it. I think it's hilarious. We are not tacos. So not only does the first lady... The speech, I won't even blame it on her, it's the speechwriters, but not only does this administration come out and just say something just so ridiculously hilarious, it's, it's, it's not that serious, but it's just, I think it stands for so much as far as how politics happen these days, um, that you gotta put together these meaningless words in this meaningless sentence 
and I will repeat, the diversity of this community, as distinct as the bodegas of the Bronx, as beautiful as the blossoms of Miami, and as unique as breakfast tacos here in San Antonio is your strength. I'm sorry. I hope everybody can understand me, but it's just so funny. I just don't understand why you can't say something simpler and more brief like the Latino community has unique segments that should all be valued. Something that's straightforward, something that's honest, and something that's true. But no, you have to try so hard these days to paint. And the right does this too. I'm not. This isn't just the hate on the left podcast. The right does this too in different ways. And some of it is reasonable strategy, but I think the left has really taken it so, so far. And and we are at that point now where we're trying to string together these amazing sentences to change the hearts and minds. And we're, ta- we're comparing people to breakfast tacos. It's hilarious. So the National Association of Hispanic Journalists comes out and has to say, we are not tacos. So there's that. And then the funniest part of this Oh man, and this is this is let's see, let me hold on, let me find this. I'm looking at this up right now. Uh, Maya Flores, she, so she's labeled in the Guardian article a hard right Republican. I don't really like the Guardian, so we'll have to look into that more. But I don't, you know, what does hard right mean? Because they use that word instead of calling somebody a racist a lot. So they obviously don't like her. So I guess she won a special election in the 34th congressional district of Texas, and she definitely wanted to capitalize on this opportunity and she wasn't out here i don't think not that i've seen she wasn't seriously going she's racist this is so wrong oh my gosh she wasn't trying to stoke the outrage uh (laughs) instead she went with a more humorous approach with i which i really really appreciate she said over twitter she tweeted and i quote u.s inflation hit 9.1 percent over the past year Early polls indicate more breakfast tacos are leaning Republican. <laughs> oh, you have to clap. You have to clap because that that's just, that is well played. I'm not sure, like I said, I'm not sure if she goes on to the get more serious in any sort of speech or statement where she she cries racism. And I hope she doesn't because the point of me bringing this up and doing an episode on this It's very simple. Um, And I think it's common sense, but the word racism and the usage and labeling that we're we're strapping to people who make a stupid comment or have a text message or whatever it is, we're calling everybody racist these days. And, And we're not even giving people chances to explain it, we're not even giving people chances in our own critical thinking to wonder, okay, like, they said something, and it's not making excuses, because there is no excuse for real racism. Real racism is based in hatred, it's based in complete ignorance, and it's usually based in some sort of personal experience and personal pain if you really start looking into it. But what I'm trying to say is that we need to calm down excuse me, I went through puberty, I swear. We're going to need to calm down on all of this ridiculous racism-ness, racism-that, it's all racist. The oppressor, the oppressed, it's not, this is why parents are, are, are trying to ban the teaching of critical race theory to young kids because 
we are getting to the point where we see life, interpersonal interactions, different relationships, your your boss versus the employees. Everything is viewed through the lens of the oppressor and the oppressed. The race that's being oppressed by racists, right? And when I was growing up, in the 90s and early 2000s, we knew what racism was. But racism wasn't a comedian making a joke about black people or Asians or Mexicans. But now comedians are scared to do that. We we knew racism wasn't going around and and cracking jokes at your your black friends what or whatever they are. I'm I'm half Asian. I had a ton of racist jokes cracked at me. Today's racist jokes. But the the people themselves were my friends. They weren't racist. They were just finding ways to get under skin. I do it to them too. But back then when we were growing up, we were taught about what what real racism was and how it existed early in this country. Nobody's saying that it didn't and how there were big movements in the 60s that fought against it, right? I mean, what is real racism? At the heart of it, racism is is thinking that either your race is superior for no other reason other than your race or another race is inferior for no other reason other than their race. Racism does not consider action or merit or or belief. It considers more of your ability, right? Based on your race. Racism is truly hating a person because of their skin color. Racism is wanting everyone of that type to go back to their country, right? Racism is not even talking to those people because you think that they're subhuman. Racism is dark, it's dirty, and it's evil. We know this, right? And it has certainly reared its ugly head in this country. And unfortunately, I'm sure there's still citizens of America that that harbor some deep hatred, whether it's it's from a personal experience or not, that is just undue. And that is racism. There's no reason to beat around the bush. Racism is real. But it is on the retreat. I mean, go out in your daily lives. It's not what they tell you it is in the news. We know what real racism is. Okay? It's, it's a hatred. Or it's a want to dominate a certain type of person. Right? And another hot take. White people can be treated with racism. It's probably happening a lot more than it used to be. And some people celebrate that, which is wrong. You know what I mean? You don't fight racism by being racist. And unfortunately, that's a lot of the strategy we're seeing when you really break it apart. Um, you know, for, for example, what hiring practices or quotas or these diversity trainings or, uh, you know, making sure that there's X amount of Asians or blacks or Mexicans in certain roles of power. When you're not looking at merit, and you're, you're now looking at skin color. And now gender is becoming a thing. And when you're looking at those things, to try to fight that very thing, you look stupid, in my opinion. You're going to exclude half the candidacy pool because of their skin color. And then go out and cry that that was done to a different group in the past. You just seem like an angry teenager trying to retaliate rather than a grown adult that's trying to get things to the middle. But again, real racism, 
Real racism, I don't think, is loud. It's quiet, it's brutal, and it, it can be consistent. Racism is not saying something stupid and comparing people to tacos. I don't even think they... Like, look, they weren't really comparing people to tacos. Let's be real. They were, they were taking different elements of the culture and say, trying to say how beautiful they were. Okay? They did it in a really, really stupid way. So I do believe that she should be getting the flack for this. But I'm going to stand in front of Joe Biden and say, Stop calling her a racist. If you want to call her dumb and out of touch, that would, it's still rude, but that would be more appropriate to what happened here. I mean, like, like think about it. The media over the last few years has done a, a great job as painting a real racist as like an overweight fat guy wearing a Confederate flag as a cape. That's just out with his double barrel shotgun trying to hunt black people and run them off his land, right? Something, and, he, and he's wearing a MAGA hat, of course, this persona that I'm putting in your head. The media has done a good job at making you think that, that that's what a racism is, this dark, stupid, hateful individual. You really think if somebody has that much hate in their heart to where they're behaving that way, they're, they're, they want to hang people, they want to kick them out of their town, they don't want their daughters dating them, whatever it is. You really think somebody that, that hates somebody that much would say something like breakfast tacos? No. They don't play around like that. Breakfast tacos is a result of trying way too hard to break people into categories and then just appeal to them. And it was stupid. I, I'm glad it happened because it was funny. But I think if you go out and you ask the average Latino, you're like, what do you think about this? They'd probably think it's stupid, but I don't know if they'd really be like personally offended and or feel threatened now. Because real racism makes you really, really uncomfortable. If not scared. Or if not angry. So anybody who's getting angry or scared because she said something dumb like breakfast tacos, well, maybe there's some other things that we need to talk about. That's all I'm saying. I, I just think it's funny. But going going back to the point, I think it would do better for our culture, for our society, for our children to back off of this view that every single thing is racist, right? I mean, when when I was in high school, I'd have some white friends, uh, they would call me like broccoli beef or something, and I'd call them stupid because I'm Japanese and broccoli beef is a Chinese dish. And then I'd call him stupid, we'd laugh, we'd go put on shoulder pads and a helmet together, and we'd be on the same team. Or we'd go to a party together on the weekend, whatever it is. I'd made fun of them for all kinds of stuff. And I get it. In high school, what else happens normally in high school? You get your license. You think I didn't get a ton of Asian bad driver jokes? It's a thing. But you know what? It built my character. And that continues to happen. And no, don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not going around saying you should be teasing people and kids should be teasing people based on their race. Trust me. That was just part of it. We were all trying to get under each other's skin. And sometimes we did. And we got into it on the football field or in the locker room or in the middle of school or whatever it might be. But you know what? Those are things you look back on. They're character building things. And you, 15, 16 years old? Making jokes? And you're going to go try to label somebody a racist? No, man. I just... I don't buy that. I think it would be... It would be so much better... 
for our culture, for our kids. If we just loosened up a little bit, relax. Nobody wants you to go back to your country, okay? Nobody wants to pull you out of your bed at night and, and hang you from a tree, okay? When most people are decent, good folks. Certainly people have their fears based on how their life has went, maybe some stereotypes. But again, when I was growing up, and at least in my mind, there was always a difference between racism and having stereotypes, right? Because a lot of times stereotypes, they come from just years of observation. It's not like somebody just arbitrarily said it and then it stuck. Stereotypes are kind of a, a result of our brain. Our brain wants to group things together to understand them. So sometimes we group certain experiences or things we observe over years consistently. And I guess we then make a mistake and, and, and use an absolute word like always or never. And we say, uh, here, you might get offended. We say something like uh, Mexican families always drive a Chevy Astra when we know that's not the case right? We know it couldn't be the case. There's too many cars. There's too many families. They don't always, but it's it's somewhat common. You've seen it. And hey, guess what? There's nothing wrong with that. But these days, I feel like you say something like that. And it's like, oh my God, you're a racist. It's like, no, I, I don't hate, hate them all. Because a part of being a racist is like, you really don't want anything good to happen for somebody. And you want bad to befall them, uh, a person or a group. And we know that that's that's not the case. We all need to calm down. And for the sake of our kids, man, stop convincing your kids, our kids, especially if they're non-white. I don't even know what the term is now because I'm afraid to say it. You get canceled or something. But stop convincing your kids if they if they have some sort of ethnicity that's other than European. Stop stop convincing them. That, oh, well, that might have been because your skin's are No, it's not, dude. You never know what's going on in somebody's head and how they woke up. Like, you just don't know. Like, if an old white guy seems pissed off and he's caught on video screaming and trying to get a bunch of let's say, young black kids out of his business, right? You take that clip, it's very, very easy for the media to cut it up and tell you that, Something racist was going on here. Or if you see this a clip like that, go into the comments. Read the comments. Guarantee there's a lot of people saying, that guy's racist. Oh, this this seems racially motivated. Whatever. And like, no. It's not. You don't know what the kids were doing before. And you don't know. The guy might just be freaking pissed off that day. And maybe he was being an asshole. But there's a difference between being an asshole and being a racist. But these days, you, we just use those terms almost interchangeably if there's a difference in race in any one altercation. So if it's a black person against a white person or an Asian against a black person or a, a Mexican against a white person, if there's a different age, we're always with our, our magnifying glass going, where's the racism? Where's the racism? We, we flipped him off. That's probably because he's racist. No, it's not. Maybe he's, maybe he's pissed. Maybe he maybe he woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Maybe his his daughter called him early in the morning and said she hated him because they're fighting and he's just walking around the day mad. And then this Mexican guy came around and pissed him off, and so he's treating him like like shit. That's not racist though. It's rude. It's not right. 
we should try to correct it as as individuals. You don't want to be dumping off your own emotional baggage onto other people, no matter what their skin color is. You should always try to treat them with respect and give them the courtesy they deserve, but we're humans, and we don't always do that. We know that, but it's not racist. I'm th- I'm thinking about going even further, but I'm a little new to this podcasting thing, so I don't know if I want to get in trouble or not, but I will go so far as to say that even if somebody uses a racially derogatory term that doesn't make them racist. I said it. Let, here, let me give you an example. Let's say there's an altercation. And just to keep things super simple, it's a black guy versus a white guy. They're getting pissed off. And if you've ever been in a physical or verbal altercations before, you understand that things start escalating and they escalate quickly. You start to see red, you're trying to defend yourself, maybe you feel embarrassed or you feel scared or you just feel like I'm I'm trying to hurt this person either physically or with my words. Things just go haywire really, really quick. So let's say that there's this hypothetical altercation, black guy, white guy. Uh, It doesn't matter where they are. Let's say they're at a bar, they shoulder check each other on accident and they're both, they had a couple drinks. They're like, fuck you. They take it outside. Things are getting crazy. People are starting to bring their phones out and videoing. Maybe one of their girls is screaming, don't. And and then let's say the white guy says, you know, fucking tell your girl to get the fuck out of here. Black guy says, don't you talk to her that way. Shut the fuck. And then they're pushing each other. They're being held apart, but they're screaming at each other. Now, let's say that white guy in his moment of rage, right before he's about to try to swing on the black guy or he's going to dodge a punch from the black guy. Let's say that guy calls him the N-word in front of everybody. And then they go fist the cuffs and they start swinging. All right. Look at the cell phone video. It's all over the news. Whatever. Oh, my God. He's racist. Everybody would be so quick to be like, wow, see, racism still lives. He's so racist. I'm telling you right now, I don't think that means he's racist. Maybe he is, but that's by no means a a concrete conclusion to say that he's racist. When you are in an altercation, and I mean, gosh, if you're married or you're in long-term relationships with somebody you love, but somebody you know really well, and you guys are in a really heated argument, something that should have calmed down 10 minutes ago but didn't, that type of thing, and you guys are... Is trying to find something that hurts each other with your words. I mean, it's wrong. You should apologize for it. But man, sometimes in altercations, we human beings, we say some nasty stuff to people. I know I have. I know I have. I've regretted it. And I know some of you have too. So, especially in this climate, put yourself in their shoes. They're getting aggressive. Their their hairs are standing up on the back of their necks. They're about to fight. They're about to scrap. One, somebody's getting hit. Somebody's going to win. Somebody's going to lose. There's, there's pride on the line. There's physical damage, medical bills, relationships, possible jail time. There's all kinds of stuff. It's heating up. And then the white guy chooses what? He chooses the one word that he knows the black guy is probably very, very vulnerable to. Something that he knows will hurt him, that will piss him off, that'll get under his skin, right? He chooses a word that 
pretty much says it's it's on from from here on out we're going to fight and then they fight um and so a lot of people would be very quick to to cry racism because they're going to use these black and white concepts like if you ever say that word that means you're a racist or this or that which is which is not true people say all kinds of terrible stuff including racist stuff sexist stuff very judgmental, hurtful things when they feel threatened, when the adrenaline's flowing, and they feel like they got to defend themselves or they got to attack, whatever it is. But the point that I'm trying to make is that, again, we got to back off this term racism and use our brains. Because somebody says something that they probably themselves will regret. I don't think that they should lose their careers, their livelihoods. I don't think we should send their their families to destitution because they got into an argument or said something terrible one time. I mean, what happened to the whole sticks and stones break my bones, words can never hurt me? You know, that those ideas kind of raise a generation of stronger, more resilient people that that their emotions don't ebb and flow and hinge on another person's words or judgments of them. I mean, imagine imagine being so vulnerable. And I, and I unfortunately I think the black community has to deal with this, but there there's other words that that target other communities, but imagine as an individual being so vulnerable and so controlled by a single word that somebody says that to you and your instinct your entire culture is behind you saying, like, that's the one thing that you can't accept. Okay? Now imagine that. Because that, that goes against the whole sticks and stones, break my bones, words can never hurt me thing. It's a word. It's a fucked up word. But it's a word at the end of the day. And it's a word that has power over too many people. And And there are other words like it, but obviously we know that that one's special, but... That's kind of what I'm what I'm getting at here is that just because somebody says something or even or makes a joke cuz we're seeing comedians get canceled. We're getting we're seeing comedians get canceled for old jokes about old old groups of people that they're called different names at this point. Where they're getting canceled for old things that used to be funny. And and I think there's even instances I got to look this up. Maybe we'll do a different to a different episode on it, but there's there's instances of of people accepting and laughing at jokes, and then you know, ten years down the line, they're the ones on the front line screaming that we got to cancel these people. It's like, no, you're the one who's laughing at it a decade earlier. You know, it's just we got to rewind a little bit for the sake of ourselves. We got to loosen up. We got to learn to laugh at ourselves a little bit, even if there's some some racial threads going into a comedian's joke. Who cares? Laugh. Lighten up. If you can't laugh at yourself, I don't know what you're doing. You know, so for the sake of us, and of course, for the sake of our kids, you don't want to raise your kids just walking around with chips on their back, waiting to get offended because maybe somebody judged them for their race. Teach your kids to be strong, man. Teach your kids to, to not internalize those things, but to get over them and overcome them and not get bogged down emotionally by them. I think that's that's the best way to go about it. Because at the end of the day, I personally, and I'd love to hear what everybody else thinks, but I personally 
completely disagree with this idea that there's just this growing seed of racism in this country. I think it's in quite the opposite. I think our country has done a lot of work, both here and abroad, to help show that racism is, is stupid. It, and it, and it's, it's retreating, okay? It's, it's hiding in the shadows. It's, it's not... When Trump got elected, people tried to say, oh my God, white supremacy is on the right. I'm like, what, dude taking clips out of context, doing all that stuff, we need to calm down. If you go out and you talk to your neighbors, what no matter what race or color or creed they are, for the most part, our own brains make us just get along and do the whole small small talk thing. There's not anything inflammatory being said when you walk into the seven eleven. Okay, or when you're talk you're when you're walking by somebody on the street or you're talk or you're talking to somebody while you're waiting in line at the grocery store. Most everybody is cordial, courteous, and they get along. No matter if they have different beliefs about race, religion, politics, whatever it might be, we all kind of just get along. I don't know why we have to ask for so much more than that. Like like we all have to believe the same thing? No. Like have your judgments, have your stereotypes. Cool, but just laugh at them. Just be light, I guess. I don't know. We just need to back off that word a lot because it doesn't do. It it doesn't serve what real racism was, and it doesn't honor the the real heroes that fought against it in the past and in the '60s and things like that. Because those people really had something to stand up against. They had a lot on the line to lose. Because um, <clears throat> that was, you know, those times where you'd be locked up in jail indefinitely for no reason other than your skin color. You couldn't go in the same bathrooms or the same schools. There, there were real things here. All right? The, what we have now is maybe maybe inappropriate stereotypes that are applied in incorrect ways. But the the real racism... The, you know, the Deep South from 100 plus years ago, the Jim Crow stuff, and obviously back further into the, you know, the cotton picking slavery days. I mean, that, that's not here anymore, man. And if it is, that, that's some real, real old person who's probably sitting around in a, you know, in some trailer park, angry at a bunch of other things. Like, you don't see it that much, and you shouldn't. But at the end of the day, and I'll say this too, I think that racism will kind of always be around. We just have to keep it at a certain level. And that's not me accepting it. If I could snap my fingers and disappear any sort of racism from the world, I mean, I guess I would do that because it's wrong and, you know, I want the world to be right. But the reality is if you look throughout history and human nature... Something that is different than what you're used to or what you want usually is not greeted in a kind way. It's just not readily accepted. And I don't think that that is neither good nor bad. I just think that it's human. Um, I'm probably going to save some other comments for a completely different episode. But um, I want to do a different episode on this whole forced diversity thing. Cause I think there's a lot to say there and a lot of, a lot of opinions that I might be able to speak on that maybe some people agree with, or at least will change the conversation. But, um, I think at the end of the day, 
the job really is to keep racism tamped down. You can't control what goes on in individual hearts. And what goes on in people's hearts is oftentimes, like I said earlier in the show, a result of a personal experience, usually a bad one, or some sort of mistreatment, or just real ignorance of something that they were raised to believe is just completely not true. And so when you see it with that kind of bird's eye perspective, you really can start to have a heart for people that do harbor these these bad these bad views. Um, uh, and as as Christians, we're also we're called to hate the sin, not the sinner. So even a deep racist who's sitting alone at home hates his life, hates you know his neighbors of color and the people of color in his community thinks they should all go back to their respective countries. Even somebody like that. If you really seek to understand what's going on, you might find a way to have some compassion for them because at the end of the day, they're, they're, they're just wrong and that wrongness that's living in their heart is ruining their life. Um, and maybe that happened, maybe that was because of something they couldn't control. Maybe they were abused by a person of color when they were young and they just have this thing stained in their mind and then they hung out with a certain group that kind of reinforced that behavior and then by the time he's 22, 23, your brain's already set as it's going to be for the most part and this dude has lived his whole life with hatred in his heart and that sucks. But he couldn't control what happened to him when he was six. You know, whatever the case may be. Um, So I, I really do think that our human nature is not necessarily to just be specifically racist, but our human nature is to react, remember, and make future decisions based on some of the things that have happened to us um, and some of the things that our brains and bodies have determined to be a threat. Um, <clears throat> and that's not just a physical threat or abuse. I mean, that a threat could be having to fully change your entire life because, you, you know, let's we've seen this like, one of the causes of the Brexit was a lot of the immigration that was being forced upon um, people in, in the UK and in greater Europe uh, in general, that people who've lived in certain communities their whole life, they have their lives the way they want it for the most part. It brings them comfort. They have jobs. They know their neighbors. Everything's going well. We all as animals and humans want, want that. And then all of a sudden, you're watching over the course of just a few years, your local community go through very severe changes. Maybe there's higher crime rates. Now, a certain type of person, how they look is you're seeing them, you're you're hearing these things. A lot of people then become very uncomfortable. They wonder, well, I'm 65. I'm on my way out. There's not much flexibility that I, I have right now. And I really like this community has gone. And that is the type of stuff that I'm talking about. It's maybe not this deep sense of like all of those kinds of people should die or leave, but it's this it's this deep discomfort that does stem from one type of person based on how they look. And I'm not saying that, that that's okay. I'm not saying it's not okay, but what I am saying is it's it's kind of human. And I wish I wish that both sides in our country, the right and the left, could just be able to have these kinds of conversations and be able to come to the table and have some level of critical thinking to be like, okay, well, why is it that certain people want to retain the the qualities and the culture of their specific communities? Why is that? Is it because they're all racist and they're ignorant and they're bigots? That's what the media would tell you. That's like this weird, easy answer that gets people riled up and gets people to the polls. But I think we know deep down when we just talk for a few minutes, it's not really it. 
You know what I mean? It's that people in general work hard to get themselves some sort of comforts. And what brings us comfort is all different. It's different across individuals. It's different across races, cultures, countries, all kinds of stuff. So we work and we toil as human beings to try to find certain things in our life and put them in place that bring us joy, that bring us comfort and safety so that we may have a nice home to go into, an enjoyable community to be a part of, right? And I just think it's human nature and it's always going to be that way is that when those things start changing, the, the people and the cultures that start changing those things are not going to necessarily be welcomed with open arms. I think that that's just, that's just natural. Do I think that it should be mentally overcome within the individual who maybe starts to feel uncomfortable? I think there's ways to reach out to different kinds of people, of course, and um, you know, create bridges. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to sit here and call somebody a racist because they're not happy that their community is really, really changing and they're at a point in their lives where like, they can't do much about it. You know what I mean? I don't think that that person's filled with hatred. I don't think they're a bigot. I don't think they're, you know, in their room secretly hoping that their neighbors die or don't get hired for jobs or that their kinds of people, you know, get oppressed and imprisoned. Because that, that would be very, very deep, real racism. No, I think it more stems from they're trying to just defend what they want, their culture. And, and everybody does that. Um but I think I'm going to do an entire episode on kind of more like this forced diversity that we're seeing like in the workplace, in communities, in in, in the culture in general. Uh, I definitely have some hot takes on that and I'd love to hear everybody's opinions there. But um, it's definitely worth an entire separate episode. So I think I'll probably wrap up here. But until next time, um, I hope you guys are well. Well, I guess that's it. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to hit the like button, subscribe, follow, share, comment, all of that stuff. Until next time, thank you.